0: Hi there, and welcome to the North County Beat on Friday, July 10th. I'm your host, Kelly Kyle. We're trying something a bit different with today's episode, which is our 20th episode, by the way. So this one is devoted to explaining all things affordable housing in our area. We'll get to more on that in a second, but first, a shout out to our sponsor, Cox Communications. Cox Communications offers high-quality Gigablast Internet services that help businesses, families, and individuals stay online and connected. Get more information at cox.com. The North County Beat is also supported by Studios.com. Based out of Encinitas, leadingnotestudios.com is North County's finest place to learn music online and to master the instrument of your choice. You can check out all of their online and in-person class offerings at leadingnotestudios.com. Now it's time to dive into that big, big topic of affordable housing. We hear about it a ton in this area, but it is such a complex issue that many people just don't have time to learn all the ins and outs. So that's why today's episode is going to explain what affordable housing actually means, the different paths to getting there, and housing's connection to our communities. Now it might feel like a lot, but trust me, you're going to want to hear this info. To help me unpack this topic, I'm joined by Coast News reporter Dan Brendel, who's done quite a bit of work in this space. How's it going, Dan?
1: It's great. Thanks for having me.
0: Affordable housing is kind of your thing, right? Like, you are all up and around this topic.
1: Yeah, I've been covering it for a number of years. Uh, I think it's pretty important. I think it touches a lot of a lot of things. Um, it gets pretty wonky pretty fast. Uh, terminology, uh, in particular, is tough. Um, For as much as this subject shows up in political dialogue and popular media, I think it's not very well understood.
0: Yeah. So on that note, let's break this down. I want to start with the definition of affordable housing.
1: So in the simplest terms, uh, I think affordable housing just means housing that doesn't eat up so much of a household's income that it detracts from other life necessities like buying groceries, childcare, healthcare, or even just saving for the future for a rainy day. Like right now, for example, during this pandemic, if you've been spending so much on rent that you could never build up an adequate emergency fund,
0: that's a big problem. And that's actually a real problem right now for a ton of people. So that's a really important point. So now let's look at the official definition of affordable housing.
1: So officially, uh, affordable housing means housing that costs no more than 30% of your income at various income levels defined as percentages of the countywide median income for a family of four that's kind of just an industry-wide uh rule of thumb i'm not really sure where it came from but it's uh ubiquitous for a household the feds consider to be quote very low income an affordable rent would be under fifteen hundred dollars a month for low income uh, under twenty three hundred dollars a month for moderate income under twenty eight hundred dollars a month and there's no one way to achieve these targets but by and large affordable housing units probably aren't going to be single family homes with a yard and a garage, uh, at least not in this area. You're looking more at apartments, condos, uh, in you know larger multifamily buildings, or uh, maybe flats, row houses, uh, and some accessory dwelling units or ADUs, also known as granny flats, you've probably uh, heard about or read in the news.
0: Yeah, and another uh, big topic here is workforce housing. So that's a thing. It's kind of like a buzzword, if you will. So give us the story on workforce housing.
1: So as with anything, how high, high housing costs disproportionately affect those who are legitimately poor. Some experts say that for truly poor people, the problem isn't just that housing costs are too high, but rather that their wages aren't high enough uh, so that you could never realistically make housing cheap enough Uh, That it would be affordable to them. But then there are a lot of people who are fully employed, professional people, uh, teachers, professors, firefighters, tradespeople, like plumbers and stuff like that, who they make an okay wage uh, and yet they still struggle with housing. So, quote, workforce housing, you hear this term a lot. Workforce housing refers to this to this group.
0: Right, yeah. So I spoke with James Contino, who founded Gimbi North County, or Yes, in My Backyard. And they deal with a lot of these folks, people all over the board when it comes to housing. Um, so this group is nonpartisan, and it's meant to raise awareness for affordable housing. So Contino explained that this issue runs a lot deeper than we might think.
2: And maybe even people don't, even maybe know that they care about housing, but, like, you know, if you ask anyone on the street, it's like, oh, how much is your rent? Well, do you think that's too high? Yeah, that's too high. Or, like, you know, the cost of the house is way too much. I can barely afford to live here. People have a housing story or are affected by housing. Maybe they don't really realize it and they're thinking about it, like, day to day.
0: Now, the way that these affordable housing units get created is a complex interplay between political and economic factors at both the local and state levels.
1: So in the simplest possible terms, I'd say that there are basically two ways to facilitate affordable housing. You have subsidy on the one hand or density on the other hand. There are a lot of other forces at play, of course, but these are the two big kahunas. Building costs a lot, especially in coastal California, millions or tens of million dollars, depending on the size of a project. Just like most people need to take out a loan to buy a house, many builders have to finance their projects on the front end, and then the revenues from rents or sales of the units they just built on the back end then have to cover the costs of their debt.
0: So if you're getting the financial math to pencil out here, you can either reduce costs on the front end or increase revenues on the back end. The cost reduction option means governments are directly subsidizing through grants or low-interest loans, or else speeding up the approval processes or a variety of other means, all of which essentially amount to transferring value from the public sector to the private sector. The more density option means relaxing local zoning restrictions so builders can build more buildings or bigger buildings with more income-generating units. Governments grant extra density allowances or so-called density bonuses, in trade of some amount of rent-capped units.
1: Plus, folks who favor more density say that any addition of units of any kind to the housing supply, whether they're luxury units or ADUs or whatever, not just low-income units per se, will reduce prices overall. And that's just basic supply and demand is the school of thought there. More housing supply in general, will make all housing, in general, more affordable. The state of California mainly favors the more den- density option. It wants, and to a limited extent, forces local governments to relax land use restrictions, but it's up to local political processes to determine specifically where and how to allow more density.
0: So what's the best approach here? Well, that depends on who you ask. Encinitas Planning Commission Chair Bruce Ayler says the state needs to put its money where its mouth is, before they make cities bear the brunt of excessive density.
3: The state uh, should not be able to give unfunded mandates to counties or cities. And in fact, that's what we have here. The state has decided that we all have to provide a a huge amount of subsidized housing, but they do not give the money out.
0: Developers, on the other hand, have bills to pay on their projects. Density bonuses are more lucrative than a subsidized project when it comes to revenue. John Allen, owner of Streamline Development Group in San Diego, says these subsidized projects also come with a ton of red tape.
2: So it just becomes a very, very big, for lack of a better word, a big headache. And so regular developers, market rate developers, don't want to deal with that. And they, generally speaking, they, they won't deal with it. And so that's kind of why some of those programs don't really uh, have as big of a, an effect in the regular market rate community, um, because they're just not usable for a lot of uh, developers out there. Density bonus programs is very effective for that reason.
0: So with higher density building, what happens to the look and feel of a town? That is one of the questions that Bruce Ayler is posing when it comes to higher density housing.
3: And when I go talk to citizens, you know, just people have been here a few years, people that I've uh, been here a long time. Their number one concern typically is, you know, I moved here for a reason, I love it here for a reason, but suddenly these huge monstrosities are coming in.
1: Developers also walk a fine line here. In order to make money off a project, they need people actually to want to live in the building, and if the building is drastically out of sorts with the neighborhood, well, it's just not going to sell. It's also not economically feasible. Developer John Allen puts it this way. So a developer would still go
2: out there and say, you know what, yeah, maybe I can build a 13-story high-rise here, but it won't make sense. It's too expensive to build. The only thing I can really build here feasibly is a five-story podium project with a ground floor commercial, and you have my rentals above, and it's cheap enough, and I can, you know, charge the rents that will make sense for me to build this project.
0: And because there is no silver bullet or one-size-fits-all approach to affordable housing, Compromise is really hard to come by, and builders in cities are having a tough time making the numbers.
1: So there's this thing called the housing element, which is a chapter of a city's general plan. In part, it outlines how that city plans to meet state-mandated affordable housing production targets at various income levels over eight-year periods. These plans involve a lot of factors, but especially uh, they involve where to allow greater density in a city. The current period covers 2013 to 2021, so it's almost over. And so now cities are currently planning for the next period, which covers 2021 to 2029.
0: But these housing element updates aren't especially effective. The latest progress reports for the period that's coming to a close showed all North County cities were way short of their 2021 lower income housing targets. With only one year left, most have achieved no more than about one third of their objectives. In the lowest income category, neither Solana Beach nor Del Mar produced one single unit.
1: So the bottom line here is that even though state and local officials list affordable housing as an important goal, the process for getting there isn't actually working. Whether the best method is more density or more subsidy or some combination or something else entirely, evidently we're not doing enough of it. Or on the other hand, if those things are too heavy a price to pay, does it really come down to just managing our expectations about how much affordability is actually achievable? Here's Bruce Ayler again. We're
3: trying to protect the community character, and we're trying to pro- provide a strata of housing for everybody. We're not going to satisfy every rich person. We're not going to satisfy every poor person every, and everybody in between. You can't. I mean, there's not enough land unless, unless you build Hong Kong-style high
0: Housing experts and most public officials probably know that these laws aren't working. For example, a 2017 LA Times article quoted one UCLA urban planning professor as saying, quote, The law has been completely ineffective at addressing the issue of housing affordability. If anything, it's a waste of people's time. End quote. And a broken housing system affects more aspects of a community. In the time of Black Lives Matter and protests against racial inequality, North County politicians often point to affordable housing as a way to bring more communities of color into these predominantly white cities. Encinitas Deputy Mayor Kelly Hinsey shared this take in an interview last month.
2: When we're making decisions about housing, I think that we have to go find those voices within our community who might be vulnerable here. And a lot of times that's renters who are living in the existing multifamily properties.
3: Mm.
2: And so I see that as being an area that we can, we can really... Do more to uplift those voices because I think it's often people who are already homeowners who participate in the discussions about housing in its
0: If housing is something you care about, James Contino with Yimby North County says it's a local matter more than anything.
2: Yeah, we're really kind of just like building up um, people's like education and awareness and like you know what their local city officials do and how housing is built in their in their city and like how to get involved.
1: No matter where you stand on the issue of affordable housing, make sure you're voting in local elections and paying attention to what happens in your local city hall. In the election this November, remember that there are important offices, much closer to home than the Oval Office, that directly impact things in your community, like housing.
0: Essentially, the future of housing in your area is also on the ballot with your local elected officials. And what that future looks like, well, that ultimately is up for the voters to decide. That is all we got for you this week on the North County Beat. Housing is a huge subject. Thank you for hanging in there. We hope you learned a thing or two. Special thanks to Dan Brendel for his reporting on this one. A couple more thank yous on the way out today. Our podcast manager is Ryan Woltz. The Coast News Managing Editor is Jordan Ingram. Our associate publisher is Chris Kidd. And our publisher is Jim Kidd. The next episode of the North County Beat drops on Friday, July 24th. I'm Kelly Kyle. I hope you have a great weekend and we will talk to you next time.